At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Adam Shine Podcast. Ah, yes, episode 29 of the Adam Shine Podcast, and we are extra fired up to be back with you. Lee Steinberg, Patrick Mahomes' agent, is our featured guest this week. And trust me, you're going to love what Lee Steinberg has to say about Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Jones, Tua Tungavailoa, and the Lee Steinberg story. It's a fascinating story of success, dealing with adversity, and then finding yourself and your life and your career again. Lee Steinberg is our featured guest today on the Adam Shine podcast. I want to start with a couple of themes for you, and let's start with Dak Prescott. I I was just absolutely sick to my stomach watching Dak Prescott and watching what transpired to his ankle going the wrong way, and he had ankle surgery, and he's going to be out for the next four to six months Dak Prescott, unbelievable player, even better person, does so many incredible things in the community, great leader, lends himself to amazing causes. You know, he has talked openly about mental health struggles. His brother committed suicide earlier this year. He is just a wonderful face of the league, wonderful player, and my heart goes out to Dak, the fact that his season ended in the gruesome fashion that it did in the eventual Cowboys victory over the New York football Giants in week number five. Listen, I'm sure that Dak is obviously despondent, and you saw what transpired where all of his teammates, the Giants, his old coach, Jason Garrett, everybody came over to him when he was getting carted off, and there were tears flowing from from his eyes. It was just a, a, a scene that you'll never forget. It was as significant and gruesome an injury as you will find. And Dak Prescott is just loved in in the NFL community. And, and I'm sure that's another thing that was weighing on his mind that made it so significant was the fact that he doesn't have a contract passed this year. And, you know, Dak, obviously, his contract has been an omnipresent conversation of ours on Shine on Sports, on radio, on the Adam Shine podcast for a very long time. Heck, at the Atlanta Super Bowl, I talked to Dak Prescott about why he should bet on himself, and he did. But I thought for sure this past offseason he would sign that long-term deal and get the guarantees just in case something like this happened. And he and his agent were haggling with Stephen and Jerry Jones over four versus five years. And to me, remember Dak didn't come into the NFL with a silver spoon in his mouth. He was a fourth-round draft pick. I would have absolutely signed that deal, and we said it in real time. And, you know, $50 million signing bonus, 110 mil guaranteed, you know, would have made, you know, tremendous, tremendous starting quarterback money. You know, I'm sure that Dak is thinking, oh, man, I wish I would have signed that deal. I do believe Stephen Jones, when he talked 105.3, the fan in Dallas, I do believe that Stephen Jones wants to sign Dak Prescott still to a long-term contract. And I, I'm sure that they could work something out because you got to believe that Dak, with his work ethic and his character, he's going to attack the rehab 
portion of recovering from this ankle surgery. He's going to attack it like no other, and he's going to come back, and he's going to be fantastic. And, you know, I wouldn't hesitate here in terms of giving Dak Prescott that kind of contract, but, you know, I think he's going to have to realize that, you know, making 40 mil a season or more than Russell Wilson, that, sadly, it's not going to happen. And he was en route to having an eye-popping statistical season, but this is why if you're an NFL player, you always take that that guaranteed contract. So I do believe Stephen Jones believes that that they will get a deal done, and I think they could absolutely work out a long-term deal. You don't pay Dak to, quote-unquote, take care of him. You pay Dak because you still believe he's going to be your franchise superstar quarterback and lead you to a Super Bowl, and I believe that, and Mike McCarthy believes that, and anyone who's trying to make a name for themselves on television and say the team's better off with Andy Dalton, please, I mean, Honestly, that's you should just resign on on the spot. Look, I do think the Cowboys can still win the worst division in football with Andy Dalton. And look, we said as much this offseason on Sirius XM, on Mad Dog Sports Radio, that they could win a division with Andy Dalton, who is a solid quarterback, epitome of class, put up some really good numbers when you take a look at what transpired in Cincinnati. You know, his struggles were in prime time. His struggles were in the playoffs, but... You know, Andy Dalton had a really good career in Cincinnati. Never had these kind of weapons, you know. Obviously, always had an A.J. Green, but now he's going to have Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, and my guy C.D. Lamb, and he's going to have Gallup and Mike McCarthy calling the plays. So I think the Cowboys can absolutely win the division even without Dak Prescott. Giants are horrendous. Washington is a mess. Philly, even with our guy Carson Wentz, he's having a terrible season. Philly is an absolute disaster. Their immediate schedule is is difficult, and, you know, their offensive line is banged up. Wentz is thrown to the wrong team. His confidence is, is shot. They didn't address the linebacker position in the offseason. But even when Dalton plays well and or the Cowboys win seven, eight games, that proves to be enough to win the division. Don't get it twisted. Dak Prescott is still the... Dallas Cowboys quarterback moving forward, and I do think, and everyone's going to have to give on all sides, I do think they can still work out a long-term deal moving forward. I thought week five in the NFL was one of major statements. I'm going to give you my three biggest statements in the NFL over the weekend. The Raiders, and you know I loved them as a playoff team. I did not love them, full disclosure, in Kansas City. I, I said as much last week on the Adam Shine podcast, trusted all week on TV and radio. I, I thought that Kansas City was going to not only win, but cover the point spread. And Derek Carr was phenomenal. I told you Derek Carr was going to have a monster season and he was going to shut up the, the critics and the haters. And Derek Carr had a monster game. Hey, well, look what happens when Henry Ruggs is healthy. And, you know, John Gruden was aggressive and Jacob's phenomenal running the football. And the defense made big plays and got to Mahomes enough. And I'm telling you, that's not a fluke. Raiders are Chiefs told the team to beat for the Super Bowl, bar none. Raiders are a playoff team. That was statement number one. How about the Steelers winning the Mike Tomlin trap game? At home, favored by a touchdown, sub-500 team. You had Ben Roethlisberger still lamenting what happened the week before in terms of Tennessee, so the team wasn't totally focused. Big game against Cleveland, looming large. 
and they won the game. I mean, they survived bad calls by the refs. Eric Ebron, you know, coughing it up and serving as a double agent. I thought that was incredibly impressive by the Pittsburgh Steelers. 4-0 for the first time since 1979. Kind of a huge deal. And they haven't even played their best yet on defense. And I think they have the best defense in the NFL. That was a huge statement. And how about the statement from Cleveland? They are 4-1. and They're playing complimentary football. I told you preseason the Browns are making the playoffs. These are three teams, Raiders, Steelers, Browns, I all had making the playoffs at the beginning of the campaign. I think that Kevin Stefanski, right guy, right time. Amazing what happens when you get rid of a clown as a head coach in in Freddie Kitchens. Listen, this was a tremendous, tremendous win, taking care of business against Indianapolis. You know, there were some classic Browns moments, like when they gave up the kick return. But this team is too good, too balanced. You know, Kareem Hunt did a good job running the football. They didn't miss Nick Chubb. Kevin Stefanski protects Baker Mayfield. Doesn't ask him to do too much. Baker was really strong. Odell was strong. Landry was strong. Hooper was strong. Miles Garrett is top five for defensive player of the year. Defense did a really good job, especially against Phillip Rivers. I said it before the season. I'm going to stress it now. The Cleveland Browns are absolutely legit. I believe they're making the playoffs when it's all said and done in in 2020. On the other side, Lee Steinberg, Patrick Mahomes' agent, is going to join us next on the Adam Shine Podcast. Hey, everyone. This is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Our featured guest this week on the Adam Shine Podcast, Super Agent Lee Steinberg, who's nice enough to join us. Lee, welcome to the Adam Shine Podcast. We appreciate the time. I'm happy to be with you. Lee, I got to tell you, that contract that you were able to get done for Patrick Mahomes, historic in nature, absolutely incredible, so well-deserved for Mahomes, for you, the entire Steinberg team. Take us through getting that historic deal done for someone as special as a player and a person as Patrick Mahomes. So the challenge with Patrick was to maximally compensate him while quieting the fears that somehow he would be a free agent and leave Kansas City at some point. His being drafted there was a marriage made in heaven because he went to an organization with, with outstanding ownership, a talented uh, front office, a quarterback whisperer for a head coach at the Chiefs, and a wonderful supporting cast. So the point simply was they'd won the one Super Bowl. Now could they go back and get more? And Patrick being very, very uh, aggressive uh, in his goals, that's what matters most to him, you know, outside of uh, marriage and his personal life. It's that. And so the point was, could you do a long-term contract that would give everyone around him stability, the ability to plan, 
and then could you set a new marker? And uh, my uh, younger partner, Chris Cabot, did much of the negotiating, and um, it was uh, a very uh, dramatic result. The funny thing is, it was 1984 when I did a contract for Steve Young with the LA Express, and that was the largest contract in sports history and made headlines around the world. Dan Rather started his nightly news. Well, that was 1984. And the <laughs> amount of money that stunned the world of sports was $42 million for four years. Wow. So what's happened in football is you now have this small group of quarterbacks who are paid exactly the same, if not more, to the major stars in other sports. I'm curiously whether it's you or Chris as you're negotiating that, you know, whatever you guys got for Mahomes was going to be this astronomical historic number. And you guys negotiated an unbelievable deal. And it was important for Patrick to stay in Kansas City and also to make sure for him that they were still able to build a Super Bowl team around him. You guys have been brilliant in terms of endorsements for Patrick Mahomes. Whatever he gets, to me, he's the best player in all the sports, most, you know, biggest star in all the sports. Whatever it is, 450 mil, you can make a case. Well, he always deserves more. Was there pressure? Was it fun? Was it nerve wracking? What was that like in terms of getting that kind of deal done on a personal and a professional level? So, Part of the key, as I said, was could they go back? Could he be the beneficiary of having a complete team around him and start to reel off some Super Bowls? So they were able immediately to sign Chris Jones, their talented uh, defensive lineman. Um, They were able to keep the whole team fundamentally together, actually improve it. So that was key. But it's always exhilarating to negotiate uh, a breakthrough wherever it is. So I've had the first pick as a draft pick in the first round eight different years. Um, Those contracts are always fun to do. And there was no pressure because they'd already said that they would auction him for a fifth year. That's already at a tremendous number. But the real question is, Um, Could you do a contract? And look, the reality of the situation is every big franchise quarterback contract I've done, whether it was Troy Aikman or Steve Young or Warren Moon or Drew Bledsoe or Mark Brunel, all those players ended up redoing the contract uh, well before it was ever done. So there's really no danger that Patrick would be sitting at level X and somehow the market would run away from him and Kansas City would fail to address that. Um, The one position you always want to be happy is your franchise quarterback. Without question. And you referenced some of the names. I mean, you've represented, you've negotiated contracts for Hall of Famers, you know, plethora of number one overall picks, first-round picks, superstars. What makes Patrick Mahomes this unbelievably incredible player, but also, Lee, this unbelievably special person and someone who's marketable to the entire public on every single level. So 
So if you like Patrick Mahomes and the way he plays on the field, you love him off the field. He was brought up by a mother with great values uh, who kept him grounded and a father who had played professional sports. So from an early age, he understood the pressures. He understood the necessity to not go through uh, dramatic ups and downs. And he also understood the work that was involved in it. Um, He's always had an empathetic heart. He cares about other people. You saw it um, the year he was MVP of the league. He would spend his uh, off days going to visit hospitals and school kids and and, and, um, police departments and and fire departments. He really got out actively in the community. And he wants to be part of Kansas City. And his the way his brain works is he's always concerned about other people. So he set up a charitable foundation, 15 in the Mahomes, um, that helps youth charities and, you know, bought lunches for kids who didn't have them in Kansas City schools and, um, you know, has gone out and uh, bought lunches and food for uh, first responders. Um, so he's got a caring part. And uh, and he's very grounded, so you would not really be able to tell the difference between Patrick Mahomes as a human being as he entered the NFL and now after great success. Those are great anecdotes. That's what makes Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes. Lee, you and Chris represent Tua Tungavailoa, and you know I've been of the opinion. I'm not a doctor. Occasionally, I do play one on television. If if two is healthy, I want him to play, right? I I think this was an all-world, unbelievable ball player at Alabama. I, I know that he's ready. You see Justin Herbert, who was drafted right after him, dominant in his first four starts, and Joe Burrow certainly looks the part. I mean, I think Tua can absolutely play at that level and be a great player, part of a great quarterback class. I'm curious to get your take on how the Miami Dolphins are handling your client, Tua Tungavailoa. So let's start with the proposition that every single player wants to start and to play. But if you look historically, Patrick Mahomes sat for a year behind Alex Smith and Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers and Phillip Rivers and a whole coterie of very gifted veterans all sat for a little while and, and it didn't hurt them. It helped them. So if you would ask to, of course he wants to play and wants to start, but at the same time, there's a learning process uh, going on. And you're right. Uh, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert have been much better than anybody ever expected. And yet I will tell you the biggest adjustment in pro football is taking a college quarterback and having him be successful in the pro game because the game is so much faster. The players are more talented. The field can look confusing in those early years. I remember once Warren Moon told me his first year, he just ran around and tried to find the open guy. Um, (laughs) So it takes a while mentally for the action in front of you to slow down and to be able to make the correct reads. And the only way that's going to happen is by playing and by time. Um, There have been situations, as you know, where very talented quarterbacks drafted at the top of the draft never really panned out. And it's 
not necessarily always their fault. So we're leaving that in the hands of uh, the Dolphins to develop him in uh, the way he sees fit and they see fit, and they'll uh, be the judges as to when he's ready. But I will tell you that learning behind a wily veteran is not a terrible path. No, and that is certainly something, especially learning behind someone like Ryan Fitzpatrick, no question about it. But but in terms of hey, health. The Harvard, the Harvard quarterback, right? You know that's right. Brainy. That's right. You can certainly learn a lot from, from Fitz, who's, who's very brainy and obviously has really carved out a, a heck of an NFL career. In terms of health, though, if asked right now to play, Tua can do that. It's not a health issue. It's it's a, a coach's decision in terms of who is going to be the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, correct? Tua healed very quickly, and uh, he was healed uh, by the time the scouting process was over, and he displayed that in a number of um, uh, different ways. He did a virtual uh pro scouting day where he threw the football in Tennessee. Um, and remember, he's young, um, and athletes have incredible recuperative skills or they wouldn't be able to play a traffic accident like pro football. Sure. So he was healthy by draft day, and he was healthy before that, and he's just fine. What's the latest with Aaron Jones and his contract? Because I think kind of under the radar, because rightly so, it's the quarterback. Everybody focused on the Packers, wrongly in my opinion, drafting Jordan Love and the replacement for for Aaron Rodgers. I was a little surprised that they drafted a running back in in round number two when Aaron Jones is this superstar for, for the Green Bay Packers. You know, he's going to be a free agent, Lee, at the end of the year. What's what's the latest in terms of his contractual situation with the Green Bay Packers? He's not really thinking about it because uh, he's now in the middle of the season. And uh, what if you recall, there were some dramatic developments in the running back market because right before the season started, uh, Kamara signed one with New Orleans and, and Cook, I believe with uh, Minnesota and those were for very large numbers. But um, right now they're, he's having fun and they're rocking and rolling and he's turned into a real threat as a receiver as well as, uh, as as a running back. And um, uh, we'll worry about the rest of it when the season's over. But frankly, the key to everything is that he play well and he's playing splendidly again. So are there are there ongoing conversations with the Packers, or that's something you're going to kick down the road? No, I um, you know there's a period uh, just prior to the opening of free agency where a player's exclusive rights of uh, the incumbent team, and he's been a happy camper up there in uh, Green Bay and enjoys being with uh, Aaron Rodgers and and. He's very close to Jamal Williams, who also is an excellent runner. Uh, so it's, the thoughts about his future are really on hold. Uh, it's more a matter of trying to be as productive as possible this year and get the Packers uh, down the road towards the Super Bowl. 
Lee, I'm curious, as an agent, do you like the concept of the franchise tag in the NFL? No. So At all, right? What happened was, was that in 1993, when they were putting together the first free agency that the NFL had ever seen, and remember, prior to that, what happened for the whole history of football is a player would sign a contract, he'd have an option clause at the end of it, which gave him a 10% raise. And um, if, he, if, if he didn't like that, he wouldn't play, couldn't play football. So there was no free agency. Well, when it happened, the owner said, well, we can't have this system. We're going to lose our most valuable player. They really never needed the franchise tag because truly great players – 99% of the time have their contracts redone far before uh, the end of the contract ever comes. And so your, your, your group of six, seven superstars generally are renegotiated uh, before the contract ever, ever gets to that point. Um, so these artificial control mechanisms, I don't love um, the cap, has destroyed the depth in football because you've gone to a two-tiered system where talented superstar starters make a fortune and the backups make the minimum, so you drop in talent dramatically. It breaks up happy marriages where both parties would like the player to stay. Uh, and it's training wheels, really, uh, for, uh, for man- management because – they have the power anyway, um, and free agencies never operated in football the way it operates in uh, baseball. And what happens is that since most of the big stars are off the market, it results in B-plus players getting A contracts. That is a tremendous response. Do you think what you just said is conventional wisdom, whether it's agents, players, or even Folks in management, when you because I know general managers that I've talked to that will echo what you just said. There's pressure to give those those A contracts to B B plus players, and by the way, that's how you get into cap hell and how you build a failing team and eventually lose your job. Do you think we'll ever get to a stage where we can get rid of the franchise tag in the NFL? Uh, I would certainly hope so. But again, that was management's response to, well, we can't have free agency. We'll end up losing our quarterback, our most valuable players, and all the rest. All of this is parity-creating concepts. So whether you give the Super Bowl winner the last pick in the first round or whether you have a salary cap, they're all designed so that football remains competitive. You don't have one team outspending each other, but it's never been a real danger because it's not like you're going to have three top quarterbacks in free agency all go to the same team, right? Right, right. Starters, and so, uh, and it doesn't work anyway because the key to winning in sports is the quality of the organization. The New England Patriots have sat there at the top of the NFL year after year after year. Um, the salary cap doesn't prevent them from doing it. Why? because they have stable ownership, far-sighted ownership. They have a great front office. They have terrific coaching. 
and great organizations win. Otherwise, you wouldn't see the the dominance by certain organizations and others just never get there. Lee, I want to talk about your story because, you know, I, I have just been fascinated by it for for a very long time. You referenced the players that you represented and all these Hall of Famers and you were the you were the guy for so long in terms of representing Hall of Fame quarterbacks and legendary quarterbacks and number one overall picks and first rounders and you know obviously there was a period of time where you had to deal with a defection of a, a partner and, and lawsuits and bankruptcy and issues with with alcohol and addiction and then you come back and you you're at the top of of your game and the profession once again it really is a remarkable remarkable story in terms of perseverance and domination and likability and and really everything what would you want people to know and understand and learn from in the lee steinberg story well we've always had a practice it's about role modeling and and my dad had two core values one was treasure relationships especially family and the second was to try to make a meaningful difference uh, in the world and help people who can't help themselves. So when we ask athletes to set up a scholarship fund at their high school or work for a church or boys and girls club, do the same thing at the collegiate level. So uh, Edger and James at Miami or Troy Aikman at, at UCLA have endowed full scholarships or set up a charitable foundation designed to tackle some problems. What this has all been about is stimulating the best in young men and then helping them succeed in their careers, but also to make, make a positive difference as role models. In my own life, I struggled with alcohol and finally got to the point where I put everything aside and said, you know, if nothing else, and this was about 11 years ago, if nothing else, I'll be a sober person and I'll be a good father. If anything else happens, that's just fine. But the comeback has been to be a great dad and to to maintain sobriety. And if there are people out there listening and they're struggling or they're hopeless, just know help's available. There are 12-step programs with unique fellowships. Um, and if you're willing to put in the work, uh, your life can be much happier. So... What I hope is that people see resilience, that life will set you back with reverses. I had a number in my private life that wasn't work that really upset me. Um, but um, there's no reason to surrender to addiction. And, and if you do, don't despair because there's help available and, and uh, you can have a happier life. I, I love that. Those are really important and, and valued words. And you're doing really amazing stuff in terms of giving back. And tell us what you're doing this weekend with the Steinberg Sports Career Conference for New York City. So when I would speak on college campuses, and I've spoken at 85 colleges or business schools or law schools, there was a huge enthusiasm with younger people to try to get into sports as a field. And not just agentry, but working for a team, a league, a athletic department, marketing, branding, um, uh, public relations, facilities management, um, every different aspect, philanthropy. So I thought 
it would make sense if we did a a sports career conference where people could come and listen to panelists in in media and marketing and branding and how to work in a front office and uh, philanthropy and entrepreneurship and hear from the absolute experts in each of those uh, fields. And then we do a mentoring uh, time where they actually get to interrelate. So we started this doing it live all across the country from New York to Los Angeles, from Houston and Dallas to Chicago, from uh, all across the country. And uh, now we've been forced to do it virtually. We also, but it's going to be this Saturday and SteinbergSports.com is the way that you can uh, sign up and it will jumpstart your career. Additionally, we do an agent academy where we actually have people be active participants and they have to get up and uh, recruit a player. So they had to recruit Ronald Jones of Tampa or uh, Patrick uh, Mahomes and his parents. Oh, they wow. have to do a negotiation where half of them play general managers and the other half um, play player agents. They set up a charitable foundation. So it really is everything you want to know. So what I'm trying to do is create a next generation of talented, ethical, nicely trained sports professionals to uh, who understand that with sports you can make a positive difference. I encourage you to go to SteinbergSports.com for more information. That is awesome. Lee, final question. I always wanted to ask you this. Jerry Maguire, and we've always heard that it, it's based on, on you and, you know, that you were the, the character that was, you know, Tom Cruise was, was based on. When you watch that movie, right, how often when you are watching it and you see Tom Cruise and you see Jerry Maguire, are you pointing at the screen and saying, that's me, that's exactly <laughs> who that character is based on? <laughs> um, well, the only time I saw it was at the premiere. Um, I so you only saw it at the premiere? Time. Not never, never, never yeah. since? No, I haven't. Um, but I, uh, Cameron Crowe, the writer-director, spent um, a couple years following me around. Um, and he went to the NFL draft in 1993 where Bledsoe was the first pick. He went to the Palm Desert uh, League meetings where I was uh, showing off free agents. He went to pro scouting day at USC, he came to games with me, and um, he spent time in my office, our Super Bowl party, um, and I told him stories, lots and lots and lots of stories. And then as technical advisor, I uh, vetted the script to make sure the willing suspension of disbelief that holds you into a motion picture, um, it didn't get broken. So you didn't think the dialogue was, tilted or phony and you didn't think that the look of the sets was wrong and then i took actors like cuba gooding jr down to the super bowl in arizona i had him hang out with um, desmond howard and amani toomer and he had to pretend he was my client all week and <laughs> so awesome. there's a lot of life up there on the screen obviously i started in 1975 with steve Bartkowski. he was the first pick in the draft um, overall and got the biggest contract in NFL history. That doesn't make a very good movie. You don't get much uh, sure. lift or, or uh, progression. So uh, it's Cameron uh, 
prose, brilliant uh, invention, uh, but there's a lot of life up there. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, Lee. Hey, you got to watch it one more time. Ne- ne- never never curious to just sit home one night and, and throw on Jerry Maguire? No, um, uh, but let me tell you, I ha- I, it's been 21 years, and I haven't been able to walk through an airport or go out to dinner very often where someone didn't run up to the table and either – Ask me to say or say those four words. Start with show me the. <laughs> show me the money. Show me the money, Lee Steinberg. Oh, that is great. I hear it every. I hear it every day. <laughs> oh, that. <laughs> Lee, you are the best, and and congratulations on on everything. I I have been following you for a very long time, and. You have done such an amazing job in your entire career and and really what, what you've been through in, in your life. And I encourage everyone again to register at SteinbergSports.com. Congratulations on the Mahomes contract. He's worth every single penny. And we appreciate the time today on the Adam Shine podcast. It's been my pleasure, Adam. Lee Steinberg, he is the absolute best. That was outstanding stuff here on the Adam Shine podcast. Your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling Talk on Busted Open. All you need is a moment to get somebody over. Then the Barak Show keeps you updated on all things boxing. Let's not say that Canelo hasn't fought anybody with fighting guys on the way out. And Jimmy Smith has you covered for mixed martial arts. Do you want to look behind the curtain and see what these guys have to deal with for the amount of money they're making? The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Adam Shine, not telling you to wager on football, but here we go. As we tape this on 2 o'clock Eastern time, Tuesday afternoon, Bob Stew had his best week. He's had all season long against the spread, and I need a Buffalo Bills victory and to cover the three-and-a-half point spread to hit 500 and be 11 games over 500 on the season, hit 500 for week number five, 11 games over 500 for the year, which is absolutely terrific. So good news for Bob, who can't pick a Thursday night game right on the Adam Shine podcast in a year and a half if his life depended on it. They have moved the Thursday night game with Kansas City and Buffalo from October the 15th to a Monday night game coming up on October 19th. So that is great news for Bob Stu. He doesn't get to fail on Thursday night pick on the Adam Shine podcast. So with that as a backdrop, Bob Stu, what are you looking for coming up against the spread week number six in the NFL? I'm sure I'll still find a way to lose on Thursday night, Adam. <laughs> Maybe I'll bet the Dodgers or something. I'm sure that'll that'll go real well for me. Yeah, I'm thrilled there's no Thursday night football game. Finally, I'll start a week 1-0 or even 0-0. Zero zero. That's just much better than the 0-1 I've Seriously. been starting every week. Week 5, they had some they had some underwhelming matchups on paper, right? But some of those games were incredible. The results were amazing. Absolutely. This And this week, you've got incredible matchups on paper that we hope produce incredible results. Look, the first game that I love... The Browns and the Steelers. I mean, when was the last time you could get up for some Browns and Steelers? I'm so pumped for this game. The Browns are on the road in Pittsburgh. The Steelers open as three-and-a-half-point favorites. Look, Baker says he's going to play. He said mama didn't raise no wuss. I love Baker's passion. I think the rib injury is going to affect him that game, especially against the Steelers' pass rush. It's easily the best in the NFL. Who do you like in this game, Adam? You know, Bob, it's funny. You mentioned the Mayfield injury. 
I, I need to see that practice report later in the week before I, I hammer this pick and before I, I sit here and, and absolutely, without question, put a, a lock on it. But as we sit here at 2 o'clock on Tuesday, I like Cleveland. I, I think Cleveland right now is playing oh. excellent football. I, I think that Cleveland has a ton of confidence. You know, Minka Fitzpatrick quietly has not made a play this year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think Kareem Hunt is a better running back than James Conner, and I think that Hunt could put a stamp on this one. There's obviously going to be a ton of bad blood with everything that went on last year with with Miles Garrett, so it is going to be very interesting. This is going to be the Romo-Nance-Wolfson game on CBS. Tracy tweeted that. I mean, when was the last time you saw that crew assigned to a Cleveland Browns game? It's, it's the game of the week in the NFL, in my opinion, bar none. Right now, I think it's going to be, and I'm not even guaranteeing a Cleveland win in any way, shape, or form, but I, I think it's going to be a, a super competitive, down-to-the-wire, one-point, one-score, field-goal kind of game. So right now, barring anything unforeseen with the injury report, I would lean on Cleveland. Yeah, I had Cleveland last week beating the Colts. That was my best pick of the week. I mean, Cleveland has looked great. It's amazing. They get rid of Freddie Kitchens. All of a sudden, the team looks really good. It's almost not really that surprising if you think about it. It's pretty much the same cast of characters, but Kevin Stefanski's done such a great job. You know, you did mention the bad blood. It's just so good to see Ben Roethlisberger back. It gives the Steelers so much juice. They're so much more fun to watch. They're undefeated. I really can't wait for that game. Another game that I'm billing as the battle of the most surprising teams with winning records. Like, they're not going to name a bowl or a trophy after that, but this matchup is pretty interesting. The Bears head to Carolina, Adam. The Panthers are two-and-a-half-point favorites. I think it's the toughest game of the week to pick, Panthers-Bears. How do you feel about that so far? Honestly, Bob, I think this is one of the easiest games of the week to pick. What? I love the Carolina Panthers in this game. (laughs) I refuse to buy the Bears. The good news is the league doesn't make you give these games back. You know, they're four-and-one, but... Let's be honest, Tom Brady choked, and I vehemently, I mean, he didn't know what down it was. It was crazy. (laughs) That was just awful last Thursday night. And, you know, Byron Leftwich and Bruce Arians weren't aggressive. You know, what happened to Bruce Arians with the no risk it, no biscuit on on that fourth (laughs) down? And Todd Bowles, you know, getting passive on on a third and and long situation. I, I really think that the Bears are a complete and utter fluke. Look, credit Khalil Mack and the defense. They're flying around, but, you know, Teddy Bridgewater has been dynamite. Think about Carolina. They improved head coach, offensive coordinator, quarterback, wide receiver. And you know, the audience knows how much I love Matt Rule. They bring in Joe Brady from LSU. Teddy Bridgewater, I I love this guy. He just needed an opportunity, needed to stay healthy. Robbie Anderson, why the Jets didn't bring him back, I'll never know. He can fly. They're on a three-game winning streak without Christian McCaffrey, the best running back in the NFL who's heard. You know, Nick Foles is just not that good. I love the Carolina Panthers. I feel like you're just going to go down with the ship with the Bears here, huh? Yes, that is accurate. You're just going to keep picking against them eventually. I will not actually (laughs) believe in the Bears until I see them in the playoffs. Correct. Yep. Law of averages says you will be right eventually on the Bears. Eventually, they're just not going to win one of these improbable games that they pulled out. I kind of like the Bears this week, though. I think that defense can win you the game. 
I mean, they have been flying around like you mentioned. I'm just a little bullish on the Panthers. I mean, wins against the Chargers and the Falcons, that doesn't really impress me. The Bears defense destroyed Tom Brady. I know he forgot what down it was at the end of the game. The defense was crushing him the entire time. The Bucs offensive line, it was inept. Completely inept. So I think the Bears, that is my pick. They're going to end up beating the Panthers. And another game that I've circled, right? I mean, like, normally you circle the matchups on the schedule before the season. Like, last year we circled Mahomes and Rodgers. You know, we've hoped for Brady Rodgers in the Super Bowl in the past, and we've gotten robbed. We already had Mahomes and Lamar. We're finally getting Brady Rodgers. I mean, finally. I'm so excited for this game. The Packers visit Tampa. They're favored by one and a half points on the road against the Bucs. Who do you like in this massive matchup, Adam? Listen, injury report is going to matter here too, right? You know, especially when you look at it for both teams. You know, you look at Fournette, you look at Godwin, you know, Evans has not been 100%. Here's, and obviously Green Bay's been all banged up at at the receiver position. We're at a stage right now where I don't think I'll pick against Aaron Rodgers until I see it. And I, look, we're taping this at 2 o'clock on Tuesday. So, you know, if my guy Josh Allen, who I have third for MVP, with Rodgers 1, Russ 2, Josh Allen 3, all by just a hair, by a smidge. Josh Allen blows up like no other. We can revisit at a later date, but Rodgers is my MVP. You know, they draft Jordan Love. They they draft a backup running back. They don't help him out at all. He's throwing to Indiana State tight ends, Robert Tanyan. I mean, this is amazing what he's accomplished. And, you know, he's playing at an MVP level. Tom Brady, he looked awful against the Chicago Bears. The line looked awful. Brady, you know, the whole act was bad. He's yelling at his his offensive lineman. He didn't say good game to Nick Foles. And look, I'm on record. I think the Bucs are well-rounded. You know, Brady, let's not forget, the week before threw five touchdowns. But Green Bay with Rodgers, they are going to be able to win and dominate every game. They've scored over 30 points with zero turnovers in every single win this season. Jair Alexander has put a blanket on on teams in the defensive backfield. Green Bay has a legit pass rush. Again, I want to see the injury report, but I'm absolutely leaning on the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, the line opened up in favor of the Bucs. It was Tampa favored by three. The big loss for Chicago sent the line completely opposite way. I just think the Packers are playing better football, too, at the moment. Look, you mentioned injuries. The bye week gives Devontae Adams a week to get healthy. I think we forget... He hasn't played much because of the injuries, and the Packers' offense hasn't missed a beat. I think the Packers are going to beat up the Bucs. And the last game, Adam, that is massive, it's the Rams and the Niners. And it's really a big game for the Niners, if you think about it, as the season is slipping away. The Rams are currently three-point favorites. They're going on the road into San Francisco. How do you see that playing out? Honestly, I can't pick I can't pick the Niners. And, and the only reason you would consider it is Kyle Shanahan is phenomenal. And you know how much I respect Kyle Shanahan. But, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo got benched. It, it was kind of a huge deal. And I, I think that the, there's a realistic chance to start a quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers in 2021 is not on the roster as we speak. Aaron Donald is a monster. Jared Goff is rocking steady. A lot of play action. Those receivers are underrated. I I would absolutely lean on on the L.A. Rams and pick them to beat the Niners on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Adam. The Niners look terrible. The Rams' defensive line is awesome. I'll tell you something. With that game, Adam, I can tell you what the lead will be the next day if the Niners do lose. 
Yeah, it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty here when you look at San Francisco with regards to Jimmy Garoppolo getting benched. And you know that everyone in San Francisco is frustrated with Jimmy G. And they had an opportunity, as we talked about, to sign Tom Brady in the offseason. And I would have done it. I was on record saying they should have. You know, I I think that Jimmy G is not going to be long for the world with the San Francisco 49ers. We're going to put a nice, big, fat, happy red bow on this simply outstanding edition of the Adam Shine Podcast right after this. Thank you for listening to another incredible episode of the Adam Shine Podcast. Lee Steinberg, absolutely incredible. Bob Stew, sensational. Thanks to our listeners on SiriusXM On Demand, our listeners on Pandora. Thank you to our listeners on Apple and with Stitcher. Please. Hit the subscribe button, leave a review because you love the Adam Shine podcast. And honestly, I love you. You can always catch me every weekday on my Sirius XM radio show. Shine on Sports, which airs, of course, from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM and on Sports Radio Channel 82. Thanks for listening to the Adam Shine podcast, and we'll talk to you again real soon. This is the Adam Shine podcast. For more from Adam Shine, listen to Shine on Sports on Mad Dog Sports Radio, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.